I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles today to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, this is the the longest chapter in all of the Bible. You'll find your place there. We're going to focus on verses 9 through 11, but I actually want to read more than those verses in just a moment. But while you're finding your place, let me just remind you how important it is every time we come to church to bring our Bibles with us. Uh, These Bibles in the pew racks are for convenience and and they're good, especially if someone doesn't have a Bible or someone's a guest. But I'd like to ask our members not to depend on the pew Bibles uh, and not to depend on your Sunday school book that has the scriptures in it when you come to church on Sunday morning. A lot of times it's a lot easier just to pick up your Sunday school book and bring that because you've got all the scriptures uh, from your Sunday school lesson. The problem is it has your Sunday school lesson scriptures, but it doesn't have your preaching scriptures. doesn't have your worship scriptures. And also, uh, your Sunday school book is something that's disposable. Your Bible is something that you keep. It's something that you st- stays with you for a long time. And so having your Bible to make notes, don't be afraid to put an asterisk or underline or to write a note in the margin or a cross-reference if you have a, a real conviction against that, then you're going to have to and, and write it on your mind and on your heart. But it's important. You'll get more out of a, of a sermon preached if you have the Word of God open, your own Word of God, and you're able to see it with your own eyes, see where it's located on the page, maybe make some notes, uh, underline, and, 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 and a cross-reference or something that speaks to your heart... It will stay with you. You will retain when you see it as well as hear it read. And so I want to encourage you to make that a practice and and to use the Bible and learn to find where the books of the Bible are located. As we have our theme this year, our focus on uh, the year of the Bible, there are three phrases that I want to associate with that and I want you to learn these with me. The first one is read it. Believe it, live it. I want you to say those three things with me. First of all, read it. it. Believe it. it. And then live it. it. Okay, let's say all three together. Read it, believe it, and live it. All right, we're going to learn that together, and we're going to be sharing that uh, together uh, on a regular basis to remind ourselves that we're to read God's Word, we're to believe God's Word, and we're to live God's Word. Now we come to Psalm 19, and I'm reminded about what Jesus said in Matthew 4.4. He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We don't live by physical food only, but we live by the spiritual food of the Word of God, and the Bible is our spiritual food. I want to uh, have a start now in Psalm 119. And let's start at the beginning of this chapter of this psalm. The Bible says, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. Thou hast ordained thy precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes, that I shall not be ashamed. When I look upon all thy commandments, I will give thanks to thee with uprightness of heart. 
when I learn thy righteous judgments. I shall keep thy statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Thy word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of my mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways and delight in thy statutes. I shall not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide thy commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after thine ordinances at all times. Thou dost rebuke the arrogant, the cursed who wander from thy commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe thy thy testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, thy servant meditates on thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to thy word. I have told of my ways and thou hast answered me. Teach me thy statutes. Make me understand the way of thy precepts. So I will meditate on thy wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to thy word. Remove the false way from me and graciously grant me thy law. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed thine ordinances before me. I cleave to thy testimonies. O Lord, do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of thy commandments, for thou wilt enlarge my heart. Just a few more verses. In verse 33, the Bible says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe thy law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of thy commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to thy testimonies and do not and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in thy ways. Establish thy word to thy servant as that which produces reverence for thee. Turn away my reproach which I dread for thine ordinances are good. Behold, I long for thy precepts. Revive me according to thy righteousness. Now throughout this text that we've read, and I'm going to stop right there, but there's so much more good in this, in this chapter. But the word testimonies is a reference to the word of God. The precepts is a reference, are a reference to the word of God. The ordinances of God are, is a reference to the word of God. And so those are just different ways used by the psalmist in this particular part of the Bible to describe the Word of God. Did you notice as we read through that how much the psalmist longed to know the Word of God and to keep the Word of God? Oh, that that could be our prayer as the people of God at Alberta Baptist Church, that we would long to know God's Word, that we would delight in God's Word, that we would value the Word of God and realize that we do not live by physical food alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. The Bible is what it is our spiritual food. It's our spiritual nourishment. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, 
The Bible tells us the importance of God's word. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn babes, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that you may grow in respect to salvation. Now we've had a three-month-old baby at our house for the last several days. Lance and his family are with us even in the service today. And, and little Davis, uh, when he gets hungry, he lets you know it. He craves the milk from his mother. And he, uh, he will wail, he will cry loudly until he is satisfied, until he gets that which satisfies the nourishment that his body needs. And I want you to know the Bible is that very same nourishment to us. Like newborn babies, we also are to crave the pure milk of the Word of God. The Bible is our nourishment, our spiritual nourishment. And notice that it says in 1 Peter 2, 2 at the end of the verse, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. The Word of God helps us to grow spiritually. You cannot have spiritual growth in your life without taking in the Word of God regularly. And as we take the Word of God in regularly, we are to pray over it. We are to, we are to uh, pray the same thing that the psalmist prayed in this text where he, he's praying for God to teach him his statutes. He's asking God for understanding. He is telling the Lord, I will keep your way. I will live according to your word. If you'll just help me understand it, give me an understanding. He had such a desire to know the truth of the word of God. And so we must read it, we must believe it, and we must live it every day of our lives. I want to give you, uh, call your attention to a couple of other places in the Bible. Keep your place in Psalm 119. But look with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. <clears throat> Here we see the Apostle Paul praying a prayer, giving thanks to the the believers at Thessalonica and he's thanking them that they have received the word. Notice what the Bible says. And for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received from us the word of God's message, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. And so he's commending the Thessalonians, the, the, the Christians at Thessalonia, because they were the ones, they were receiving the word, they were obeying the word, and they were letting God's word perform its work in their lives. Let's, that's what we want to be and do as the people of Alberta Baptist Church. We see this book as the Word of God. It is the Word of God. And when we read the Word of God, we are reading this book in the presence of the one who authored it, every time we open it. And then in James chapter 1, verse 21 and following. James 1, 21. Here we have another verse in the Bible that speaks about the Word of God and our need to receive the Word of God and what it's able to do in our lives. James 1, 21. James writes, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness, that's talking about sin. 
and all that remains of wickedness. So when you come to read the word of God, we need to be willing to put to death sin in our lives. Put aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. In humility, receive the word implanted. That's speaking of the word of God which is able to save your souls. Now, these were Christians he was talking to. He wasn't saying receive the word so you can be saved, although the word of God can lead a person to salvation. But these people were already saved. He said the word of God is able to save your souls. It's able to sanctify your souls. He's talking about the ongoing work of salvation in our lives, that we were saved from the penalty of sin. We are being saved from the power of sin, and one day we will be safe from the presence of sin. But being safe from the power of sin is that process of sanctification. And the Word of God has a sanctifying influence on our lives. It sanctifies our souls. It continues continues that present saving work in our lives, saving us from the sin that besets us and, and entangles us and keeps us from running the race. So today as we think about hiding God's word in your heart, and that's what I want to focus on, hiding God's word in your heart. I want to speak first of all on the necessity of hiding God's word in your heart. The necessity, the importance of hiding God's word in your heart. I've already said that it it brings spiritual nourishment in our lives, and certainly that would have to have the list. But as we go to the text today... I want to look in particular in verse 9 and verse 11 and see that in the Bible, the Word of God helps us to keep our way pure, our life pure. Verse 9 of Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? And as Colby pointed out a while ago, it's not just the young men. It's the young women. And it's the middle-aged men and women. And it's the senior adult men and women. And it's the children It's people of all ages. How can we keep our way pure? Well, the answer then comes in the verses that follow. The next part of verse 9 all the way through verse 16. He says, by keeping it according to thy word. It's by living your life according to the word of God. And so the Bible brings spiritual nourishment and it helps us to live a godly life. It helps us to live a pure life. Someone has said either the, either the Bible will keep will separate you from your sin or sin will separate you from your Bible. And you know that's true. When we're not walking with the Lord, we don't want to get into the Word of God. When we got our mind put on the things, set on the things of this world, we don't, we don't want to open God's Word because we know it's going to convict us of our sin. When we're holding on to the pet sins, the precious sins that we don't want to let go of in our lives, we don't want to go to God's Word because the Word of God brings conviction. The Word of God reminds us of what Christ has done for us. The Word of God shows us how to live and what the promises and the blessings that come And so if we want to live a holy life, we need to drive ourselves to the word of God. The psalmist knew that the way that he could keep his life pure was by the word of God. It was pointed out in an email that I received this week that Back to the Bible uh, did a a study and and it showed that people who read their Bibles at least four times a week are more likely to model Christ in their life. And people who read their Bible less than four times a week are more likely to model the world in their lives. 
And it depends on the time that we spend in the Word of God. So do you want to model Christ or do you want to model the world? If you neglect the Word of God, you most likely are going to model the world in your life. If you give yourself to the Word of God, then you're more likely to model the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it will help keep your way pure. Let's continue reading. He says with, in verse 10, With all my heart I have sought thee. So we need to seek God through his word with all of our heart, not half-heartedly. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. That's a great prayer to pray to God. Thy word, he says in verse 11, thy word I have treasured. King James says I have hid. I have treasured your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The psalmist knew that if he would treasure the word of God and give himself to the word of God and to keep in the word of God, that he would, keep, he would live a life of, ple- of pleasure to the Lord. Now the psalmist was not without sin. Yes, he committed a, a grievous sin in his life and yet it was the, the prophet of God and eventually the word of God that drove him back to repentance and drove him to a life of holiness. When we drift away from the word of God, we drift away from the God of the word. But when we draw near to the word of God, we draw near to the God of the word. And so the, the one benefit, the first necessity of hiding God's word in your heart is it will help keep your way pure. And then secondly, it will make you wise. Look in verse 130 of Psalm 19. We didn't read that far, but just, just flip on over to verse 130. He says, the unfolding of thy words gives light. And then he says, I open my mouth. I'm sorry, the last part of that verse says, it gives understanding to the simple. The word of God gives understanding to the simple. It's able to make us wise. And that's what the psalmist was saying in Psalm 19, which is a parallel psalm, by the way, to Psalm 119. The two, one's a short version of the longer version. And so if you want to mark Psalm 19, I'm going to be also uh, bringing out some things, some truth from this particular psalm. But in Psalm 19, verse 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. It brings spiritual restoration to our lives. It is able to convert the soul, save the soul, and then it is able to restore us when we go astray or to restore us and replenish us. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You may think that you can't understand the word of God. I want you to know you you can understand the word of God. It goes on to say that it can make wise the simple, the person who who is simple-minded, and we all are simple-minded. That word simple there really means open. It helps us to know when to open and shut the door. It helps us to know, to discern what is right and to, and to, and to do what is right. So the Bible helps protect us from sin and keep our way pure. The Bible helps to make us wise. And also hiding God's word in our heart will guide our lives. In Psalm 119 verse 105 is a verse that we've, Learned in Bible school for many years. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible will direct your life. The Bible will guide your life. Also, the Bible will bring comfort to you. In Psalm 119, verse 50, 
Psalm 119, verse 50. Notice what the Bible says. This is my comfort and my affliction that thy word has revived me. The word of God renews our heart. The, the word of God comforts us in our times of affliction, in our times of problems, in our times of need. We find comfort in the word of God and it restores us and it brings joy to our lives. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm uh, 19, verses 7 and 8, where we were a moment ago. And again, you may want to keep a tab or keep your finger or keep your bulletin in that Psalm 19. But you'll notice that in verse 8 of Psalm 19, the Bible says the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. So the Word of God is a source of joy. It brings joy to our hearts. It directs us, it comforts us, it restores us, it makes us wise, it helps us to keep our way pure. And I'm telling you, it will bring great blessing in your life. Look with me to Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, we see one of my favorite psalms. Begins by by reading uh, this way. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. That means conduct himself in the counsel of the wicked in the deliberations and the, and the advice of the wicked. Nor stand in the path of sinners. In other words, the blessed man does not station himself in the, in the path, does not, settle one, does not station oneself in the way of sinners, does not follow in their way, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. He doesn't settle down and make himself at home with those who scoff at the word of God, those who mock at the word of God. But notice what verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You know, we like to delight in the promises of God, don't we? And we sing that wonderful hymn that we sang a moment ago, standing on the promises of God, and the promises of God are wonderful. But notice that the psalmist's delight, and the one he's, he says, the, the man who is going to be happy, his delight is in the law of the Lord and keeping the commandments of the Lord. Yes, we can delight in his promises, but let us also delight in his law and doing what brings pleasure to the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. So there we see the blessed man is a man who meditates in the law of the Lord. The Bible will bring great blessing as we read it and as we hide it in our our hearts and as we live it out. And then the Bible also brings great prosperity and success in our lives. Lives. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. In the Old Testament book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. A verse that is a companion verse to Psalm 1. It speaks to the same, same line of thought. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. You want to have a prosperous new year? Listen, it doesn't come by eating black-eyed peas. Now, we ate a lot of them this weekend. We had a whole crock pot full of black-eyed peas and they cooked all day long. And I enjoy those black-eyed peas. And we used to, you know, there's that uh, 
myth, is that it? There's that, this uh, myth, this, this uh, idea that's been propagated that if the more black-eyed peas you eat on New Year's Day, the more prosperous you'll be, the more money you'll have in the new, in the new year. And uh, we were discussing that at our uh, dinner table recently, and, and uh, I've forgotten now who it was that said it, but somebody said, well, is that true? And they said, well, I don't know. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm afraid to find out what it would be like if I didn't eat those black-eyed peas. So, but listen, it's not the black-eyed peas. The Bible tells us it's the Word of God and keeping the Word of God. That's how you have a prosperous life. That's how you have good success. The last part of verse Verse 8 of Joshua 1.8 says, If we'll be careful to do, first meditate on it, and then do what's written in it, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So if you want to have success and prosperity in this year and the years that follow, and all the days of your life, according to the way God measures success and prosperity, then you Meditate on God's word and then you do it. James said it this way. He said, be you doers of the word and not hearers only. We're good at hearing the word, but how good are we at doing the word of God? And so we are to hide the word of God in our hearts. It will bring prosperity and success. It brings blessing. It brings comfort. It brings restoration. It brings joy. It brings direction as it, as it guides us. It makes us wise. And the Bible also helps us to keep our way pure. Those are some blessings of hiding God's Word in your heart. That's why it's necessary to hide the Word of God in your heart. But let me quickly just give you how to hide God's Word in your heart. How do you do it? Well, first of all, recognize the value of God's Word. Now, if we had time this morning, I would take you through about 10 scriptures where the psalmist in both Psalm 119 and Psalm 19 over and over speaks of his delight in the law of God. And you heard that come through as we read the text this morning. He delight, the psalmist said, I delight in the law of God. The law of God, as he says in, in, in Psalm 19, that it's, it's sweeter than honey. It's more precious than gold. It is more valuable than anything that we could ever have. And so we are to hide it in our, in our hearts by recognizing, first of all, the value of the Word of God. Sometimes just go through that Psalm 119 and notice how many times the psalmist says how he's, he values the Word of God and how he treasures it in his heart. And then set your delight on the Word of God. Know that the Bible is going to be the source of everything that you need. The God of the Word, the, the Word of God directs us to God and our, our relationship with Him. And it's all about a relationship with Him. It's not just a relationship with a book. This is a living book because it reveals the living Christ, the living God. And so the Word of God leads us into a relationship with God. But develop a plan Develop a plan. We've done something to try to help you to develop a plan for reading the Word of God. This is the McShane Bible reading plan. Robert Murray McShane only lived to the age of 30, and yet he had a tremendous impact on everybody, people around him. He moved people to godliness. He had such a passion for the Word of God and a passion for the God of the Word. And so in his young life, he came up with a plan that's still used today. And he lived... Uh, many, many, many years ago, back in the 1800s, if I remember correctly. And, and so this plan, you can pick this up in the cross hall. You can pick them up. You'll see them laying out. And let me just show you real quickly 
There's a gray card and there's a blue card. Don't let that confuse you. But you can cut both of those right down the center and you will have four bookmarks. And starting in January this month, we're reading uh, in Genesis chapter 1. And then we're reading Matthew chapter 1. And we're reading Ezra chapter 1. And we're reading Acts chapter 1. And then we'll go to the second chapter of those four books until we read all four of those books. Now by the end of the year, we will have, we'll have read the New Testament through two times, the Psalms and Proverbs through two times, and then the, the rest of the Old Testament will be read one time. So we're, by doing four chapters a day, we're going to go twice through the New Testament and the Psalms and Proverbs. And that's a good thing because sometimes we get bogged down in the Old Testament and keeping the New Testament fresh on our minds and fresh on our hearts. And so when you pick these cards out, the, the uh, blue one says private. That's for, uh, that's if you're doing the Bible reading by yourself, then you use the blue sheet and the gray sheet. The gray sheet says family, but if you're not doing it with a, a spouse or with your children or with any other person, then you just read, a, you combine these two cards together and you read both. So don't be confused about that, but it does provide a way that you can read it with your spouse or read it with your family. And if you have young children, I would suggest that you just pick out a few verses from one of the readings to be able to share with the children because their attention span is not going to be as long. Now there's a guide on the front that we've attached to it as to how to use these cards and how to put them and mark them in your Bible. That way you don't have to look up those every day. We also, if you... If that's too small for you to see, we've done a bigger version and one whole sheet has January and February on it and you'll have to pick another sheet up every couple of months. As Bruce said this morning, we have it also printed in the bulletin and we'll have it printed in the newsletter. So you can't have any excuse for not knowing what to read, right? We've got it in front of you. We've made it as, as accommodating as possible. We want you to be in the Word of God. So oftentimes we are called the people of the book. Baptists are called the people of the book because we put an emphasis on the Bible. But there are people who have been Christians and been church members for 40 or 50 or 60 years that really do not know the Word of God because they have not been in the Word of God. And so we must change that. We must become a people of the book in a literal way and we must develop a plan of reading the Word of God. Read the Word of God. If you miss a day, if you can catch up, that's great. If you have to just pick up where you are and go on, you do that. And when we come on Wednesday nights, ladies, you go in the choir room. And guys, men, you go with me in the chapel. And we're going to be in two groups for a while. And we want you to come prepared with what God has spoken to you in one of the daily Bible readings. It may be from a New Testament passage, it may be from a Psalms or Proverbs, or it may be from the Old Testament. But God is going to speak to your heart if you'll read it expectantly. And I want you to come and share what God has spoken to your heart through the reading of God's Word over the past week. So read the Word of God, develop a plan, and then meditate on it. That means think about what you read, digest it, dwell on it, ponder it. You're going to have to use priority time. You're going to have to eliminate some of your internet time. You have to eliminate some of your uh, t television time in order to give priority to the Word of God. And I'll say more about that this evening in the evening message. So develop a plan to read the Bible, 
meditate, think about what you read, read it slow enough so you can begin to digest it and you don't have to understand everything that you read but you need to be willing to, don't try to, you don't, if there's something you, don't get bogged down, but you may not understand everything the first time you read it, but keep at it and keep asking God to give you more understanding. As you obey the word of God, God will give you greater understanding of other parts of scripture. So read it, meditate on it. You see that word in, in Joshua 1.8 and you see that word in Psalm 1. Meditate on it, chew on it, digest it, ponder it, think upon it. How does it apply to my life? And then memorize it. Hide it in your, in your mind. Hide it in your heart. And how do you do that? Well, you take just a simple verse and you, and you put it on a card and you memorize a phrase at a time until you have that verse. And maybe you have one verse for that week that you want to try to memorize. Put it on a card. Take it with you. Put it in your purse, ladies. Or, or put it uh, at your ironing board or put it at your kitchen sink. Or have it with you, men, in your billfold. And so when you're in the doctor's office and you're waiting on the doctor, and usually it's going to be an hour wait, you know, you've got that card where you've got the Bible verse on it, and you can be reading it over and mulling it over in your heart and then learning it phrase by phrase. You can even do it while you sit at red lights. As you sit at a traffic light, you can have a card where you're, you know, people are texting and doing all kinds of things. You can at least, while you're sitting still, take a verse of Scripture and meditate on that Scripture and learn a phrase of that Scripture and reflect on what you've read earlier in the week. I don't care how you do it, but I'm telling you, if we will hide the Word of God in our hearts, if we will live according to the Word of God, we're going to have a successful, prosperous life. God has promised it, and God's promises never fail. They're true. Let's make the Bible, make this the year of the Bible. We're going to read it, we're going to believe it, and we're going to live it. Let's do it together. Let us pray. Father, as we come today, to beginning this first Sunday of the new year, I pray, God, for discipline in our lives to read and study the Word of God. I pray, God, that we would value it and see it's how precious it is, and Lord, and we would delight in your Word, even as the psalmist did. Father, help us to prioritize our time and to leave off the things that are less important in order to give ourselves to the things that are more important, most important. And, oh, God, how I pray as we read the Word of God that you would speak to our hearts, speak truth, Speak application. Lord, speak comfort and speak guidance. Speak wisdom to our hearts and minds. And Father, I pray you would help guard us from sin. That the word of God hidden in our hearts would show us what Jesus has done for us. And Lord, it would make us want to live for the one who died for us. The one who loves us so much. And I pray God for the congregation here today. If there's anyone in our presence that does not know Jesus Christ in a personal relationship way, as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray that they would come to receive him today. I pray for repentance in our lives, repenting over the sins of our past, and Lord, repenting, Father, of our failure to please you and to glorify you and to live for you, Father. And I ask, God, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Draw to your heart today, Father, those who need to believe on you for salvation. And then draw the believers to you, Father, as we need to grow in our faith and grow in our holiness and righteousness and purity of life. Oh God, how we want this year to be lived for you, for you to use us to lead others to saving faith in Jesus Christ. 
These things, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.